How we doing? Indeed, indeed, indeed. You're do you're doing, doing indeed. What does that mean? Indeed. I don't know. Or how are we doing? I'm emphasizing the 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 concern. What's the concern? How are we doing? You know, how are we the broader we? Oh, interesting. So let's timestamp this because if you're listening to this in 2025, maybe it's a piece of history. <laughs> no, it'll make more sense what we're talking about. So we're March 2020 and we are in the crux of the COVID-19 pandemic, which is front and center of every conversation and every news article in the world. So how could we do a podcast without addressing it? Everyone would be thinking, are these boys even on the same planet? So I think it's fair that we uh, we talk about it in this one. And we should say, we'll do the questions episode the next one. We were, do- we were going to do the questions <laughs> episode this one, but such is uh, the nature and how dynamic this COVID-19 crack is that it's worth uh, having a potty about it. Yeah, I think like we're not just doing it because it's, you know, the thing that's ongoing either. We're also doing it because maybe there's something relevant to say here. So, yeah, of course. It's not just talking about news like we're not going to do the stats. <laughs> no. Yeah. So how were you? Uh, how were you? Uh, how are you surviving? You were you were slightly. So tell them the situation. You were. You're obviously in in yeah, Fort Saint John, so and there was a little, say, delay in terms of. Um, I won't say delay. How things were landing there? No, I think you know every every part of the world is in a different, uh, I suppose, phase of where this is phase, landed. Right, right. So obviously, you know, China was there. Then Italy had really kind of the focus was on Italy. Started to hit other countries. Ireland, just watching from afar, Ireland acted pretty quickly. Uh, I suppose you have a smaller population to deal with and smaller geographical area to deal with. So it seemed, at least from the outside, that you guys got on board pretty quick in terms of social distancing and whatnot, except for the now infamous video of the boys singing Sweet Caroline in the pub. But I believe that was the, the only pub. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then, yeah, where we are, you know, obviously you hear about in Vancouver and we're a, a smaller rural cr- community in North BC. So slower to have effect there was no cases up here and there's still no cases up here uh, there's four mm. in the region but nobody knows where in the region so obviously when you don't have the cases it's not as hot a topic so you're you know you're not as quick to to necessarily close businesses and do all the social mm. distancing that others might because you know everyone needs to live this is the what, I don't think it's getting forgotten either, but the, the bigger impact here, obviously the be lives lost, but the economic impact is going to be massive. So where small businesses can stay open, obviously they want to stay open as long as they can. Um, but yeah, walking around town today, there's still a few things open, but the majority of, of things are shut down. And I, I'm certainly working from home and stuff like that, but and most people are where they can, but people that can't work from home, you know, Jobs have been lost, unfortunately. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, and uh, you know, we talk. Do you want to be talk about the impact of my jits and whatnot? Are we going to talk about jits later? 
Yeah, I guess we'll talk about that a bit later. But um, well, I'll just give you a quick little, a quick, quick little anecdote. The uh, go on. So, for any non-jujitsu listeners, there's a guy called John Danner who's a a coach of probably one of the best uh, grappling houses, teams, academies. He's a he's a coach at Henzo Gracie's in, in New York and he shouts a, out John Denner. Shouts, shouts out, out Henzo's. Shouts out. And uh fair play to him. Him and a lot of coaches got on board. I think Bernardo Faria started the the kind of the good vibes, but they yeah, started giving I mean, away. But free Bernardo content. Bernardo Bernardo is kind of hurled as, you know, a lovely human being <laughs> and he always uh kind of comes up trumps. But uh he did uh, really I mean he was advertising gone out of his way to advertise so obviously paid money to advertise that um he was giving away stuff for free and he gave away a lot of stuff so yeah he has he's like uh, I mean, it's pretty 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 impressive so you get free dvd on each of his channels bjj judo and wrestling fanatics i assume they're all his him and michael zinga but fair play like you know hundreds of dollars of free content so there's actually a yeah, so John Danaher is um he also got on board and he offered a free uh instruction on how to train at home. So if anyone is a jujitsu listener which, which which he actually recorded on the weekend, didn't he record it last weekend? Yeah. I think I heard him quickly, very quickly, with, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went up to which Bernardo's. Which is impressive as well. Yeah. He went up to Bernardo's and, and recorded and got it out there pretty quick. So he, he, he the basically if you've not I'm sure everybody listening to this if you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner you've already got it but if you haven't you're not, jump on BJJ Fanatics and, and get it uh, but it's just a it's like a, a two hour routine not even sorry a two hour routine it's about an hour and a half say worth of content and he, he hones in on you know how you can survive this crisis you know because everyone's off the jiu-jitsu mats that goes without saying at this stage but how you can come back better and he said the three kind of key things you need to do are move keep your movements going and he he gives some movements uh keep your conditioning good and your you know your weight and your your fitness i suppose however you do that he doesn't recommend a way to do that that's up to you and then third of all keep your head in the game so whether that be by uh watching instructionals or whatever it is you know so it was funny you know <laughs> so Shouts out my wife. Um, I break her, well, I don't break her heart with jujitsu kind of related stuff, but I probably do from time to time just on the uh, the persistent, <laughs> uh, whether it's, <laughs> you know, the, the, the on, on, uh, it's on YouTube or whatever it is. I, there's something jujitsu related always, whether I'm on a podcast talking about it or looking at a YouTube video related to it, there's a jujitsu element. So maybe in her head, and then we were off the mat. Just can, can, can I tell a story that was told recently by said wife? You can. <laughs> this is true what Eric's saying, because seemingly he listens to the podcast himself and laughs at his own jokes. So. <laughs> All right, so I want to correct something. I didn't have a chance to follow up. That's not true. I was laughing at your joke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. I don't, I don't. In the early days, I used to listen back to the the podcast for quality content, and like if there was the odd good joke made, whether it was me or you, you, you know, what do you, you know, immune to laughter, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I should. I've been known to do it. I'm not, you know, excuse excuse myself here. I've been known to do it. You have to just check the quality. It's quality inspection. But anyways, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, maybe in her, in her head, she's like, oh, well, the jujitsu gyms are closed down. You know, maybe this is... No, she fully supports me doing jujitsu. First of all, I should say. So this is just said in jest. You know, this is just a bit of a laugh. But um, maybe, um, and I'm sure it's the same for the case for lots of wives and partners around the world. That maybe with the old COVID nineteen, there'd be less jujitsu, uh, speak and talk and doing. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I was watching uh, John Danaher's instructional, and one part of it, he, and we've dealt with this before. He talks about visualization, and he gives an example of shadow grappling. So it's funny. It's actually funny to watch where if you're watching it, like if you watch, if you just imagine somebody shadow grappling, so there's nobody there. You're just going around the place, like pretending to grapple. So then she comes in and she's like, what are you watching? And then looks over on the laptop and then she just sees John Danaher like shooting on, on nobody, you know, swirling around doing like sprawls and whatnot. And she's like, ah, lads, you're hardly clutching at straws. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe just take a break. But uh and then I could see for myself, you know, to the outsider that did look kind of peculiar. Uh yeah, it's a funny thing to do. It's not quite like shadow boxing or um, you know, throwing kicks or something. It's is it it never it never actually seems fluid or with the same kind of fluidity that it is you know, because you, you really can't do the moves. Yeah, because you're a lot of grappling. You are kind of using, you're leaning on, or you're driving. Particularly, you know, if you're top game, your 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 pressure is on something, you know, or on the person. Yeah. So when you've that person removed, good. You could actually do it pretty well if you had like a, a dummy or whatever. Do you know? Uh, yeah. On the ground, you could be doing it pretty well, but not everybody has dummies, and not everybody has floor space. But anyway, that's uh, we'll talk about that shortly in terms of EBD eco-behavioral design and how we can uh, use that for jujitsu in this downtime. I um, I actually built, do you remember that? Did you ever see that? I don't know if you're training that time when I built the uh, grappling doubly, tell me. No. Do you still have it? What you oh, build it out amazing. of? It I built it, uh, it had hinges in the arms. I built it out of timber. Hinges? <laughs> took took me months to build it took me close to a year to build yeah why why wood as a choice of material um because it was the the best material to do with so it was was, there was hands there was elbow joints there was shoulder joints things locked up in the right way and everything it was amazing but uh (laughs) then it just i just just started smashing it like arm joints shoulder joints elbow joints everything was just breaking on me I ended up with the body far too heavy, and uh, could you grapple it though? Like, it was, could you actually grapple it? Wood, <sighs> not really. Well, see, see, it was wood, but then you'd—I had it say wrapped in a kind of foam, and then inside geese or whatever with with a couple of towels wrapped around it. Um, I tell you, if she came in so, and, and seen you grappling with that, you'd be clutching at straws. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a great joke. Even had a neck. Yeah, I should have. I should have taken pictures of it. There's a guy online who um, who has the instructions for it. He does a YouTube video, so that's where I got it. Right. But uh, yeah, didn't um, whatever timber I was using was too soft, and all the joints gave way too quickly. 
So it just broke my heart, really. But it was good, actually, at the start for getting up to speed on certain things with the drilling. Like, you could do kind of top game stuff quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Do you want to... Will I just give a quick update where my jiu-jitsu is at, so, and then we can talk about the eco-behavioral design as it relates to COVID-19 and, and, and downtime? Because I have a very quick update from my jiu-jitsu. So basically, kiboshed. <laughs> so, you know, and I can't blame COVID-19 as the, the wrecking ball, but it certainly played a part. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my fitness up. I'm jogging every day anyway, so I'm trying to keep, keep moving. But as mm. regards to, I'm working from home now, so all the cornerstones we had are kiboshed. The, uh, every, literally everything is out the window and I have to reset. So... It won't be in this episode, but maybe in our next episode, it's going to be a revisit of what a new working from home day looks like and how I might mm. look at the cornerstones, the new novel, fair to use the word novel now, but novel uh, cornerstones and how we rearrange the day. But yeah, competition I was supposed to do got cancelled. I was, I was ready to go to that. That got cancelled. Uh, as I said, Jiu-Jitsu Gym is shut down now for the moment and uh, I'm, the only thing I'm doing is watching these instructions but there's so many instructions now there's so much free stuff I think it was I don't know if it was Bro Jutsu they had the uh, the meme with one of the Meow Brothers doing the spider guard and the jacket like just in out in out in out and it's like me trying to watch all the instructions <laughs> but that's what it feels like it's so much so much free content now it's like oh god so I need a reset and I think we all kind of do uh, and then just get back back on track with this new kind of arrangement. Mm. And it, who knows, man, like the competition, actually, the one I was supposed to do in Spain, that's cancelled. The one we were supposed to do in April, yeah. there's another one, that's cancelled. I don't even know if this Masters Worlds in August is going to go ahead. We have to assume it will I for do. the moment, but it's looking dodge. Yeah, I'm... I'm anticipating that it won't, to be honest. Like, so we just wrap up the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> things are just heating up in America, and that's the end of August, though. Mm. Give it a be optimistic, would you? Yeah. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look at China. China was three months in. They started getting things back in order, and I know that they've started opening up a lot of tourist attractions and stuff there now again. So. And jujitsu gyms. I've seen uh, Leo Vieira's, one of his affiliates has reopened in China where it was closed. I'm not sure what province that's in or what, but that's surely positive. So let's stay positive. Yeah. Well, as long as the American response aligns with the best of the Chinese response, well then, yeah. I know they kind of shut down LA just the other day, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, right. Let's let's depression more. More how eco behavioral design relates to what's going on here. I know you had some kind of general comments you wanted to talk about. Do you want to just get stuck into it, or how do you want to approach this? Yeah. Well, I just have a few points. Nothing really too systematic or structured. But I just wanted to kind of point out the fact that um, the kinds of frameworks with which we've been trying to make sense of behavior um, are also 
a good, say, model for thinking about the broader context within all within which all of this is happening, right? So you can look at it both ways. You could say we have this behavioral ecology within which we have all these interdependencies and when we learn to see our behavior in the terms that we're trying to understand it here, that kind of understanding scales and we recognize the interdependencies of, say, our little community within a broader set of ecologies, right? So it's not just a behavior within a behavioral ecology, but, say, a community of people within a larger ecology and so on. And I guess, yeah, trying to just encourage our... I suppose, advocate for eco-behavioral design on these terms, right? So we're we're encountering this kind of situation where we're forced to recognize, for instance, interdependencies. We're forced to recognize cascading effects where one thing happens in China, right? But that thing is actually acting as a constraint on my behavior here three months later in Ireland. And there's something so someone powerful. someone someone eats a bat in in one part of the world and I can't shake your hand in this part of the world exactly <laughs> I don't know if it was a bat or what it was that was um whatever that brought about the the jump uh, but I think there's a there's something interesting in the recognition that like you know I will say our behavior is a manifestation of certain conditions, right? Like when I push back against the kind of individualism where we talk about, say, personal responsibility and that's all we need to figure out, we can kind of see now that even something like personal responsibility, if we want to take that as a useful notion, is built on this kind of background of enabling constraints you know, provides for a society within which something like that is even a possibility. Um, so what we're kind of recognizing here is that there's a there was an existing stability, right? And you can think about that like a, a system at a certain scale, at a certain level, much like how a system, how you comprise a system in a sense, but we're, what we're recognizing is that this system, this kind of world system, is a lot less resilient than we might like it to be, right? It was quite, you might say, fragile in a sense. And I don't want to kind of get into why that might be or the politics of all that or anything like that. But I suppose the point is, if there is a point here, that what we're trying to do it at a personal level, right, also kind of maps on to an ideal situation at a larger scale, whereas what you want in systems is an ability to adapt, an ability to be resilient. And that depends upon having certain conditions in place. The same thing is true at an individual level, right? What you want is an ability to be resilient to things that are changing, an ability to, or resilient to, say, certain pressures that are put upon you an ability to adapt to changing conditions and ability to kind of, in a sense, be anti-fragile where you bounce back from pushback, right? You bounce back not only to the state that you were in previously, but now that you've incorporated whatever it was that was adding that extra pressure into the system, you're 
you're better than you were previously and and the whole kind of ebd design kind of ethos right is about that process of iteration we're always learning we're always taking things in we're always using that to be able to redesign and build and build and build and then the idea is that you know when you have a sense of what we talked about before in terms of the keystones and the wrecking balls you can use them to kind of guide your efforts right so you're always trying to say okay how do i get my keystone behaviors back in line here when things have been shaken up a little bit and we can kind of see right that it's not just things that are going on in your immediate everyday environment and your own behavior that's maybe letting things slip here and there right these things are subject to the conditions of our broader societies and our broader world and our economies and all the rest of it so yeah i think it's just that recognition and kind of appreciation right for a systems perspective right and that helps you i suppose to make sense of things a bit better and have a better sense of how to position yourself in relationship to these kinds of things right so my my own thinking now this is a bit off topic but like how do you respond to this situation that presents itself to us right unless you're directly positioned to be able to respond to it uh, insofar as you're actually contributing on the front lines or you're contributing strategically or you're contributing in some form where your skills are directly related to the, I suppose, response. How do you manage the uncertainty? How do you manage the ambiguity of it all? How do you manage the not knowing? I heard somebody saying, it's like it's like we've been thrown in the back of a car, in the boot of a car, someone closes the boot and we're driving somewhere we don't know where. And there's you know that that can be anxiety provoking right it can be uh, understandably anxiety provoking it'd be weird if it if it wasn't right and there's also a sense of the whole kind of earth system changing right there's some sort of radical reorganization going on it's been forced upon us in a way and and that can be anxiety provoking and how do you deal with that and i think coming back to you know what we've talked about over and over and over again to your keystone to your keystones and saying okay what are they and how given this new configuration can i get them back in place that's always going to be the best response in a sense right because you're always in so in in doing that positioning yourself better to be able to respond to whatever it is that follows so i think having having that sense of that multi-scale relationship right where all of these things are constantly shifting and moving and potentially i mean as we've as we've just seen in an unprecedented fashion uh shifting in a in a way that has the potential to to radically alter our experience going forward how do you respond to it well the response is the same right from a process perspective and and that is well from an ebd perspective it's thinking about your keystones thinking about keeping them keeping them enabled if you will and like you say if if your cornerstones and everything shift well at least you have a sense of what you have to do maybe right to make the analysis that you can make the design to get yourself back on track yeah it's funny like is i I was thinking about the other day i was thinking like jujitsu for me was a keystone you know for in terms of like it was a a thing that I done for physical and mental health 
uh, and for many other reasons that we needn't go into here. We probably preached them before, but like that has now been removed. Mm. And I think in, you know, it's like, all right, the keystone has been taken away. So what do you do when a keystone has been removed? And I suppose to, to John Danaher's point is to kind of keep your head in the game. It might've been removed in a form or in its its previous form, but that doesn't mean you need to give it up necessarily. So, you know, having been through the secret behavioral design stuff with you, some of the things I was thinking about was when that was stripped away from me was rather than give up the keystone. Now you tell me if I'm just talking out of my arse here, but was to hold those times that existed in my week that that keystone is it first of all do you think jujitsu can be a keystone or is it uh, uh, yeah absolutely right, i mean okay. it's so what is a keystone in our kind of scheme here i mean it's just a heuristic right it, there's no thing that's like definitely a keystone or definitely not it's just like helpful to be able to think about these things in these terms yeah and you know within our ecology is the kind of thing that's say one behavior that motivates many others that are all beneficial to the general ecology right? yeah and yeah that it's easily done like it's like you're saying in the keystone and arch it's 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 and the wolf in the ecology it, it doesn't it's not doing a whole lot but it's really important but yeah for me like jujitsu wasn't an effort to go to so it, was, it did have greater impacts beyond the hour and a half that you were there Anyways, that's been stripped away. So what I've been trying to do is hold those same times of the week, the, like the 7 p.m. slots on Tuesdays and Thursdays to keep my head in the game. And that's usually in the form of watching instructions at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea, yeah. I um, recently did um, something for a school here in Dublin where they asked uh, if I could kind of talk to or write up something for their students who were switching from working in school to you know working at home or studying wherever they were studying previously to now studying at home and that was one of my kind of primary tips right think about your previous configuration of habits and times and everything as a template and try and use that as best as possible right because there's already a kind of rhythm there and it's going to be easier for you to sediment new habits within that template than totally readjusting stuff altogether yeah that's just a a a basic rule you could say but certainly effective i've been doing something very similar i think yeah once you have the change of setting you really it's not just a case of holding that time you also need you know again from an eco behavior design you need your when you talk about eco or your environment your environment isn't just necessarily the location it's also like you've touched on before like relationships that's around that and stuff so you know again I, I chat to my wife and I buy in and, and she's fully supportive of me continuing to hold those times for my jujitsu activities so it'd be very easy you know now that your 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 location has changed and one thing has changed for the it's, it's not as simple as just holding the time you know you kind of have to have it probably needs right. added pressure or enabling constraints to ensure that it is held you know it's it's probably fragile if it's moved it's fragile and you need probably greater enabling constraints to make sure you don't lose it i'm guessing yeah precisely yeah well you're you're always thinking in those terms right so it's always like okay 
if something feels a bit shaky or whatever, how can I enable it? How can I take away whatever might be limited in it? And how can I just kind of learn from how I'm feeling in relationship to whatever it is that's going on and keep iterating on that design until you sediment the new habits again? You really come to a point where the the intuition for this kind of thing becomes incredibly strong, right? So I do, it's such a weird thing to even describe. Is it enlightenment? That I, <laughs> that I can't even... You should try and write it down. No, it's it's, it's like this. It's a, a subtlety for. It's like a sense of okay, I'm plant. It really is feel like that, right? It's like okay, I'm planting this thing now. I need to tend to it. You know, like mm. there's a sense of. I'm sure how a gardener feels about, right? They see maybe somebody planting seeds in a way that's maybe not as optimized as it could be. And they have an intuition for how actually that thing should be planted. And I feel that myself for this kind of practice, right? There's a sense of an intuition for how these things unfold and what's necessary to bring them about. And once you've developed that, and, you know, you're obviously starting to develop it, right? Because you're talking about it. it I suppose things just flow a lot easier from that, you know? Mm. So... How would we? All right, so let's just do a a a, t- a a test case. So, what would an eco behavioral design look like? And we don't, you know, we don't have the specifics here. But for what well, we do, I suppose we can relate to me for keeping up my jujitsu during this period where you are not allowed attend a your your gym. So, right. Well, I suppose the first thing is going to be. What's the outcome, right? What's the goal? What are you thinking about over the longer term? So it's all right. So if you use John Danaher's thing, if you, if if you, rather than say no, I want to win the world masters, maybe we just reduce it down to the fact I want to be in a better state, jujitsu wise, when I return than when I had left the mats. And if we use Danaher's three pillars as being to do that, you need to be moving with the the, the jujitsu movements. You need to be keeping your fitness up and you need to be keeping your head in the game. So they're the three pillars. So how do you, that the outcome, the, all right, so the outcome is to be better at jujitsu when I return right. than when I left. How do I do that with those three things in mind? Well, Danner seems to have pointed to, you know, our first, say when we go through that process of distillation, we say, okay, how can we distill that outcome into some set of behaviors which if consistently applied will naturally lead to that outcome as a kind of side effect or a consequence over time. That's true, actually, yeah. yeah. So once you have them in mind, you say, okay, maybe there's some sort of practice that I could do every day that entails those three, or else you might want to break it up. I mean, for yourself, what have you been thinking? All right, well, again, it's probably, a, and I've touched on it, so the obvious thing to do would be, right, if I think I need to move, I need to keep my cardio up, and I need to keep my head in the game. Now, for me to keep my cardio up at the moment, I don't have the means in, in inside the house to do that. So I need to jog. So I need to keep my... So I think the cardio is going to keep up by, by me jogging. And then the movements. So this is the one I'd probably struggle with. I think I'm going to jog anyway because that's already a habit. So I don't think there's an issue with that for me. But for the movement element, keeping my head in the game, like I say, the... Uh, 
I'm going to try and keep aligned with my existing jujitsu meet or appointments or schedule, you know, seven o'clock on Tuesday, Thursday and, uh, and on Saturdays. What does, uh, can I ask you just, just before you go into the movement, what does keeping your head in the game mean at this point? If you're thinking about it with respect to, right. Is, is, is the idea of like keeping up with your game and all that gone out of your head entirely? No, 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 it's not. But last week, for instance, keep my head in the game was just watching uh, Darren O'Hare's instruction. It was like, all right, let's watch this much and then I can start to, you know, go back to what my game was and watching instructions that are related to my game, like the Ryan Hall one I've not finished and I got some more of those Bernardo ones. Like he's got a battle-tested pressure passing that I got for free from him. There's a few that I'm... Um, so keeping my head in the game for me is like watching instructionals and doing what we talked about in our, was it the last episode, about the Anki stuff, which is uh, the flashcards, yeah. the um, maybe do, do some uh, shadow grappling around the place or, you know, uh, but keeping keep my head in the game is generally going to be mental exercise, watching, thinking, visualizing, embodulizing. Okay, okay. And when you when you think about the movement, you mean actually doing shadow grappling stuff? Yeah, or like just like bridges and shrimps and all that. So I need to figure out, do I get mats? Do I, you know, what do I do? Do I do it on the carpet? At the moment, I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I have to figure that part out. Well, what are the, say, what are the enabling constraints presently that would allow you do you have mats do you have no, carpet no i have carpet but then i was trying to do it the other day and the carpet the room is a bit small i think i need to set up my shed my carport with something mats probably but then i'm like well how long are we going to be off for do i buy mats do i not buy mats so i think we're going to be off for a while i'll probably have to buy mats yeah my my default there would be get a kettlebell, get a yoga mat, and I could probably get, still do the jujitsu movements on a mat. It would just be the shadow grappling that I could, like bridges and shrimps on a mat. They're, they're doable. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look at I know I need to think about it. I suppose I am aware of what I need to do. I just need to do it. So, okay, but. Which is the thing that you're most concerned with out of all of those, right? It seems like you've got your head in the game. You're sticking to your Tuesdays and Thursdays. Maybe you need to be a bit more focused in terms of what it is you're watching and not just overloading yourself with. <laughs> yeah, well that, um, that I think that's fine. I'm not worried about that. It's about getting these movements, keeping my movements happening, however I do that. Right. So, How, how, how are you doing it? Like, how, what are you doing? I'm not worrying about it. I'm doing kettlebells. I'm doing yoga, and I'm doing um, just watching videos and stuff. So, Dana, you're not taking on Danaher's distilled uh, comment on movement. Look at, I suppose what? we have a room across the way, but Dad has a load of gear in it. So, but he's tidying it up. So, if he gets rid of that, there's a nice carpet in there. I might do a bit, but I'm not going to worry too much about it. Right. Okay. Anyways, let's not. We don't need to dwell on it here, but I I know that I can work on enabling constraints and limiting constraints to try and get better at ensuring <clears throat> I keep moving jujitsu movements. Yeah, I mean, sit down, have a think about it. 
think about why you're doing it, what are your motivations, all of that. Think about your limiting and enabling constraints. Think about your cornerstones. And uh, Yeah, cool. What about eco-behavioral design just in general, if you're not a jiu-jitsu practitioner, as it relates to this kind of crisis? Well, say, for instance, most people would be concerned with maybe having been at work and maybe working from home or that kind of thing. And I think there is quite a few things to keep in mind. I mean, the first is just obviously the recognition that behavior and environment are very tightly coupled. That's something we talk about a lot, but that extends not just to say thing, not just to the, say the, the material physical structure, but also say the kind of symbolic environment that might arise therein, if if you will. So for instance, if you find yourself working from home, things like actually putting on your clothes, you know, doing what you do in a normal workday, uh, that kind of thing is quite powerful. You know, clearing up your office space, making sure that it maybe mirrors in some sense your office space at work. Uh, just a quick, uh, quick funny one for you there. One of our friends, uh, she was working from home and then they were all dialing in for a work call and then one person didn't turn on the video and then uh like she's like uh, I can't turn on my video I didn't get a chance to brush my hair today so you know just continue and then the boss was like uh, well uh, how is it about the next time maybe just brush your hair so you could be on video yeah just like <laughs> <laughs> there you go you might get called upon <laughs> but you know like I've said to you having the template and just mapping that on you can use that logic you know in the same way because when you're at home, right, you're being, in a sense, primed or kind of enabled to home, if we want to use that as a verb, like to to relax, to cook, to sleep. And if you're constantly working against that, which is kind of working against what your environment motivates, is going to be more of a struggle than it needs to be. So kind of ritualizing the process of what you'd normally do going to work is is, is important, right? Because think of we don't normally think of it in these terms, but we actually have all these kind of modern day rituals. And what they do is kind of move us from one state of mind into another, right? So putting on the work clothes, putting on the makeup, whatever it is, sitting in the car, listening to a podcast on the way to work, all of these things, once they become habituated, right, they're kind of gearing us into the environment we're about to to um, encounter, right? They're kind of setting up the anticipation for that. So we kind of, get ready to act in a certain way. So whatever it is you do in work, I mean, carry that over as best as possible, if that's your goal, right? Yeah. I think another thing that's important to say, actually, before I go on, is like, you know, this is a fucking unprecedented time. And if you feel like shit and you feel like doing nothing, (laughs) it's actually probably a very reasonable response. And, uh, you know, don't feel like you have to be productive at all costs. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> you know i feel kind of weird just saying yeah just, just get out there and be productive and keep smashing it because that's not not what i what i mean when i'm kind of uh given the advice here i think more important is to look after your health and use whatever it is if you feel that you're kind of 
keystones are slipping and maybe that you're falling into other negative patterns that you see when you're getting anxious or things like that keep on top of that and if you can't maybe talk to someone professionally or whatever the case is but if you can keep it on top of all those things just kind of spontaneously or they're already there these other bits of advice might be helpful mm, yeah one one thing that i think is helpful as a kind of little behavioral hack kind of thing is um, if you normally prepare lunches and snacks and kind of lay them out the day before or whatever, keep doing that, right? Because that's a kind of material uh, kind of signifier of your day blocked off into these times, right? And when you have your lunch and your snack and it's all packed away in your lunchbox or whatever, it already sets you up, right? It already kind of, I don't know, enable certain kinds of behaviors in a in a nice way that um is structured around a particular you know course of of the working day mm, yeah what everyone else? loves the old hacks huh <laughs> yeah i guess the, the other thing is like if you are working at home to you know to really limit any distractions that might be there so whether it's people interrupting you you know maybe have a chat with the people like you were saying and get people on board with your times and how things are going to unfold you know maybe it's a bit too easy to have the phone knocking around or be just kind of defaulting to things you would do at home so maybe keep the phone in another room you know or keep it locked in the drawer whatever you feel that you you kind of need to maintain the attention that you feel you need yeah. you know sit in a nice place get some plants around yeah, the, the desk plants, the plants is a good one we've uh i've a desk set up with plants around at the place it actually looks nicer now with, with the the monitors and the like and again you talk about enabling constraints i used to hate working from home historically because it, i'd always just have my laptop because i never had a home office set up so it used to be just yeah. pain. You're, you're used to working like with a few monitors and then working off a laptop is a disaster. But then when <laughs> I get, came disaster. home now, I set up like the, the three, the two monitors plus the laptop, fully like an office. And honestly, man, it's like, I feel, I, I know it's early days, but I feel more productive insofar as like the communications I'm having work-related are more essential in, in what needs doing, you know, versus like the, Nothing wrong with the, you know, it's like, you know, you, the, the, the water cooler conversations, whatever they're necessary as part of yeah, yeah, socializing, but you, you don't have, you don't have them. You're, you're kind of more honed in on what's, what's, what's required to be like, I'm hardly, yeah. this isn't new to anybody. It's new for me for working from home because I usually not working from home. Anyone that's working from home is like, I'm just trying to tell your grandmother how to suck eggs here, but you know, it's kind of obvious stuff. Yeah. The, did you find um do you find that say the constraints of working from home and knowing that you have access to your home right kind of compresses the activities that you feel you need to do in the workday into a shorter time frame or do you just have to be working from a certain time to a certain time anyway no i think it's a, it kind of works both ways i think having the desk there basically in the living room to the side I'm I'm not against working beyond the hours I would normally work either if it's a case 
Do you know, because I'm at home, I'm in the environment that I want to be in. It's not a big deal if I work an extra hour or whatever, because I just turn around and I can give the baby a cuddle or whatever, you know. So it's it's kind of, it's it's made the environment. Certain, and I'm different, like I've a newborn as well. So like the more time you can spend with a newborn, the better. So it's kind of, you know, good timing in some senses that we got... You know, in a lot of ways, because uh, uh, for bonding and whatnot, I can I can actually just wrap her around my belly and just be typing on the laptop or on the yeah. on the computer. It's good. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Another thing might be so something I do that I find useful is is having like just ambient music in the in the headphones. Yeah. I normally use a either like something real ambient like Brian Eno or something or. Uh, like nature sounds you get nice nature sound videos that yeah just streams and birds yeah, and stuff yeah. and uh pro tip on that one you can uh right click on the youtube video and then it gives you a loop option and you can just loop it all day oh nice oh xx intro rainy loop version is there anything else no let's uh i think we've 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 reached an episode so look stay positive we're gonna have more time at home so hopefully we can we kind of slow down our frequency of a podcast maybe we can get it back up won't promise anything we're still going to be hell-bent on well i am that this master's world is going to happen and i want to be best place to do it if it doesn't it doesn't but maybe we'll just uh fight each other or something have a mini world championship <laughs> Via Zoom, <laughs> can't even can't even come to meet you. Shadow Shadow Grappling World Championships. Shadow Grappling World Championships. I seen a judo video the other day. Two boys judo fighting, but not touching each other. But uh, it'd be a good one for jujitsu. Yeah. Anyways, uh, right. Let's leave it there. Good chat. Okay, let's leave. It. I did have one more thing that I wanted to say that I didn't go on, say. Go on. Say it. I'm just gonna say, I th- I do think it's helpful if you are working at home to have a kind of shutdown time, you know, where you say, okay, work is done now because it's easy just to bleed into the evening yeah, and like always have the laptop open and always have that anxiety taken away. And there's kind of enough anxiety taken away in the background at present that any more is probably unwelcome. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, So on that note, let's shut her down. Get her done, bud. Yeah, and to to be honest, if anyone is listening and wants like quick tips or something, or they are suffering a bit, hit us up on the on the Instagram. That's probably the easiest because uh, you know we we are going to do a question and answers show, but that's for kind of addressing longer questions or questions with a bit of a longer answer. But I don't know if there's anything I can help with at all I feel like I feel like I'd like my skills to be valuable in this time of need but I'm not quite sure if they are <laughs> so I, if hey, I can help guys if, if, if you're you know if you're feeling anxious but you need someone to cut the lawn just give us a shout I might be able I to help with your anxiety but I'll, uh, <laughs> I, as long as you don't ask me to paint your fence I'm a terrible painter <laughs> Anyways, keep keep positive, y'all. Do we want to... Um, okay, so hit us up on the Instagram at Eco Behavioral Designs. 
Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, Mark M. James, at Mark M. James, or you can get us on email, which is ecobehavedesign at gmail.com. Besides that, is there anything else? No, shout outs to uh, our listeners in Spain at the moment. So you guys are obviously doing it tough. So stay positive. Hope you're staying safe. And uh, yeah, we come out the other side of this better for it. Oos. Oos.